Welcome to Mining Matters, a safety podcast brought to you by Fisher Phillips. My name is Chris Peterson, and with me today is Arthur Woodson, and we are mine safety attorneys. And this is our very first episode, so thank you for joining us. And this is going to be a podcast where we're going to discuss mine safety issues and recent developments in MSHA law and regulatory changes. This is going to be an exciting time, Arthur. What do you think? Yeah, Chris, I think it's uh, great to be able to do this. Uh, You and I have worked together for uh, over a decade, and uh, we've seen a lot of changes in the mine safety world, and uh, it's great to be able to bring this podcast to our audience. Um, Looking forward to this being um, informative. Uh, Mine safety professionals are obviously very knowledgeable in, in what they do, and also hopefully fun. You know, this, uh, we all work hard, so uh, if you're ha- uh, able to listen to this while uh, maybe off the clock, have a cold one, you can say it's like, you know, having a drink with Arthur and Chris <laughs> and kicking around some mind safety matters. And the other thing is, you know, being at Fisher Phillips, which is a labor and employment firm, we're going to try to draw on some of the um, other topics that this firm has some expertise in that pertain to the mining industry and, and in the safety world specifically. So, um, yeah, very excited to be doing this. This is our first episode, and we just want to give our audience a little introduction to ourselves, our group, um, talk a little bit about our experience, and then we're going to maybe transition and and talk about, you know, where MSHA is going, because we we certainly live in times of change um, when it comes to safety and health and, and, and mine safety specifically. So, you know, our, our practice group um, here at Fisher Phillips, we have a, a group of dedicated mine safety attorneys that is housed within a larger workplace safety group. Um, so we're able to draw on that experience uh, in, with respect to uh, OSHA and crisis management and, and, and that type of thing, um, while also being able to focus specifically on the mine safety world. And uh, Chris, um, you know, what? Thoughts on our practice and, and, and what you hope to bring uh, to, to our audience uh, and, and that comes from the practice specifically? Yeah, no, so I think you're, you're absolutely right, Arthur. Um, you know, I was just talking to someone the other day and telling them how deep our bench is in not just mine safety, but workplace safety in general, and then certainly the labor and employment aspects. Um, so in my mind, you know, when we're talking about MSHA matters, you know, obviously we'll be keeping folks up to date on the latest and greatest from MSHA, but I think it's just a super huge benefit for our audience to be able to access, you know, basically uh, the wealth of resources and knowledge that we have. Um, excuse me. So many individuals have done so many important things in the area of, of workplace safety generally. So I'm hoping we can show that perspective, you know, from those individuals. Um, and really just, you know, enjoy the knowledge that we have and uh, engage in some interesting discussion on interesting issues. So um, I think going forward should be good. We'll see. I guess, you know, can we tell folks kind of where we've been, what we've done over the years, uh, you know, in our own experience, just to give folks an, an idea of where we're coming from? Sure, um, I, I can certainly do that. You know, I'm I'm an attorney here in the, the Pittsburgh office uh, of Fisher Phillips, and um, 
you know, I've been doing this work since 2007. Um, before that, I actually worked for two years for the U.S. Department of Labor. Uh, I worked in the Office of Administrative Law Judges, so I, I really cut my teeth doing administrative type work and in, in, in the industrial world um, and in the mining world, we handled the black lung claims, the petitions for modification in that particular department. Um, prior to uh, going to law school, I was a teacher for three years. And so I actually draw on that experience to do my best to help uh, clients and, and others um, you know, know about the law. I think an ounce of uh, education is worth a a pound of cure in our world, um, you know, and so helping everybody to kind of know what's up and, and what the law requires and why. Um, you know, my practice is probably in my MSHA practice is probably split pretty much equally between coal and metal, non-metal uh, all over the country. I've done accidents, uh, unfortunately. I've done whistleblower cases, been involved in rulemaking, um, so it's pretty much everything MSHA. And uh, it's been it's been a fun ride. Um, you get kind of both that personal sense of working with folks at the sites, and you also kind of get a little bit of that uh, more of the esoteric part of the law too, because you get to get involved in some appeals and some rulemaking and some interesting issues. So, yeah, looking forward to uh, continuing that work as we go. And uh, how about you, Chris? Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah. So. <clears throat> You know, I, I, I come from a, a non-mining background. I remember first starting uh, on this work and, and I was, my very first case was dealing with an issue with some Kennedy stoppings. And I remember looking over the citation and some information and I'm, I was literally asking myself, John F. Kennedy and stoppings, like what's the connection here? <laughs> so <laughs> you can see that baseline was uh, extremely low in terms of mining specific knowledge. But over the years, it's been an incredible journey to, you know, discover and learn about mining. And maybe, you know, maybe the best compliment I could have received was I was talking to civil counsel one time, unfortunately, during a, an accident investigation. And I was explaining to him what was going on with this particular piece of equipment and why, you know, MSHA was looking at what they were looking at. Um, and he asked me if I was a mining engineer. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I laughed and I said, very far from it. Um, and I gave him an idea of my background. But um, so, yeah, over the years, I've definitely learned, you know, the technical aspects. And like Arthur, you know, I, I do a lot of coal work, um, or at least I have done a lot of coal work in the past. And, uh, you know, a lot of metal, non-metal work now currently. So, um, you know, very specific industries where you're learning a lot of different, you know, different technical technological, um, you know, issues specific to those industries. Um, yeah, and then, you know, very similar type of experience than with, with you, Arthur. Um, you know, again, unfortunately, it seems like a, a big part of what I do is the accident investigations and those types of things, which, um, you know, unless and until you've been involved in one of those, you don't get a sense of, uh, you know, the true human impact. And I think that's what draws me the most to mind safety is the human element, right? We work with some really good people, frankly, on both sides of the fence, right? Um, and it's just a very fulfilling, you know, fulfilling job, frankly, right? When you work with such good people, you become part of their teams. Um, and then, you know, you wear different hats, right? So you're, 
you know, working in the trenches and then the next day you're, you know, uh, arguing in front of a courts of appeals. So, um, yeah, and, and some much more, like you said, esoteric matters. So I think we'll be able to kind of share that experience with you all and, um, you know, really kind of push some, some, I guess, thoughts, right, in, in the area of mind safety. So um, going forward, I think we can give you a little flavor of, you know, what we'll be talking about. So we'll just give you a brief idea of where we think MSHA is going uh, in terms of enforcement and compliance activities. Um, you know, obviously, we're dealing with, uh, you know, a new administration. And, you know, we're all probably somewhat exhausted with dealing with COVID-19 issues, which, you know, have been really, um, you know, taking the forefront of, you know, what we've been seeing from MSHA. But I would like to remind folks, and I think at this point with a new administration and new enforcement agenda, uh, we're definitely seeing um, some more activity that we have not seen during the, the last administration you know, specifically individual civil penalty investigations and whistleblower type investigations. Um, so we just wanna make sure everybody is aware of that. You know, obviously if you're contacted by MSHA and, you know, you're dealing with one of these types of, you know, special investigation issues, you know, don't hesitate to reach out, whether it's a Fisher Phillips attorney or your own mine safety attorney, because, you know, either of those issues, the individual civil liability or the whistleblower uh, complaints are uh, significantly more complex than your typical, um, you know, compliance enforcement type scenario, right, that you've probably had experience dealing with. Um, so I think it's important to know, so our audience should be aware that, you know, MSHA is pushing these types of investigations where, you know, like I said, that they have not been in the past. Um, and I think as we emerge from this you know, whatever we're doing in COVID-19, whether we end up with the vaccine mandate or not, at some point, right, we'll start seeing business return to normal. And when I say business return to normal, I think we'll see MSHA, you know, pushing those, um, not just, you know, compliance inspections, right, but, you know, pushing the special investigations, certainly. Um, you know, I can tell you, I was talking to a client probably the week before last, and they were telling me that in their minds, what they've been seeing in terms of just the regular inspection activity is that MSHA inspectors are coming out and asking specific questions to see if there's supervisors with personal knowledge of conditions that they're actually citing, that MSHA's citing. Um, so MSHA's always pushing for, you know, who knows about this or who knew about this or who should have known about this. Um, and so frankly, you know, it would not hurt to reach out uh, to any of your safety attorneys and to get an understanding of how you answer those questions, right? And, and how that impacts what MSH is going to be doing. Because they're certainly looking for specific information. Arthur, do you have any thoughts on you know, what we can expect to see from MSHA going forward? Yeah, I think it's interesting, Chris, um, uh, and talking about enforcement specifically, is I think we all know that you know, MSHA has mandatory enforcement, unlike OSHA two complete inspections per year at a surface mine and four per year at an underground mine to say nothing of, um, you know, spot inspections in the coal and certain coal mines and, and other types of inspections we might see. So MSHA has that mandatory enforcement. But like you say, 
there's so much about MSHA's enforcement that is discretionary. And in the past administration, we just didn't see that discretion being used all that much. Not to say it wasn't used, but it was used probably less frequently when we're talking about the elevated enforcement actions. And so that's the thing I think you're saying uh, we, we need to um, be cognizant of that, you know, that, that the potential is there for the increase in those types of more um, uh, elevated enforcement, whether it's heightened designations against the company or looking at um, actions against individuals. Um, you know, I, I think we do expect to see that increase and the capacity is there within the agency and within the law. And that's something we're going to keep an eye on over time. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, a couple other things we expect to see in the time we have remaining. Um, you know, there's the boots on the ground, MSHA, uh, which deals with the enforcement. And then there's also sort of the Washington, D.C. MSHA. And I think we see the, the policy agenda, which can be driven one of two ways, either through rulemaking or through litigation. And, you know, we're seeing the rulemaking um, a little bit, you know, the, the previous administration really didn't do much at all in the way of rulemaking. And, um, you know, frankly, rulemaking is how you make lasting change. And, um, and we didn't see a lot of that in the past administration, um, one way or the other. We did in the Joe Main regime with uh, President Obama's uh, assistant secretary. So it remains to be seen if now that we have a democratic administration again, if we are again going to see an increased level in rulemaking. We, ha we have seen the proposed power haulage rule, and there is talk of the silica rule, which would probably mirror OSHA's rule, coming out next year. That's what we're hearing. Yeah. Um, but is there going to be, are there going to be other rules? Um, you know, MSHA's on record as saying they're not going to have an ETS, an emergency temporary standard like OSHA for vaccines. But I look down the road, maybe if we get past uh, the pandemic stage of COVID, are we going to look for a potentially a, um, uh, an infectious disease standard? I think we need to look at that. Um, you know, the other thing is, what is OSHA doing? I think it's helpful to monitor what OSHA is doing. Um, and MSHA may mirror them, they may not. Um, OSHA has an initiative out there on heat. Is MSHA also going to follow suit and have rulemaking on heat, on, on heat safety? You know, remains to be seen. These are the types of things we monitor and, of course, will bring to you. The other thing to keep in mind is, in addition to rulemaking, MSHA can push its agenda through, through a litigation strategy um, if the right court cases come along from their perspective. Um, and that would pretty much go up through the review commission or circuit courts of appeal. You know, and the old standbys in MSHA law, SNS, um, you know, 110C, um, you know, is MSHA going to try to move, kind of move the goalposts a little bit on that? You know, I think that remains to be seen. There is some active case law right now on a flagrant designation mm -hmm. on 110C, yeah. the meaning of it. And, you know, I think that there currently is no mine on the pattern of violations designation, but if that should ever happen again, and of course we hope it doesn't, but if it does, will they be looking to, uh, to redesignate uh, or, re or redefine what a POV designation is? A couple other things to keep an, an eye on from a litigation front. 
105C, the whistleblower provision, there's a recent case from the Ninth Circuit that said the longstanding causation test for uh, under Petsula uh, and Robinette uh, cases um, that have been frequently cited is not valid. And instead, we should be looking at a more general, what we call but-for causation. Yeah. That case is winding its way back through the, the administrative court system. That's something to keep an eye on. How will that affect operators uh, and, and miners um, in a 105C cases going forward remains to be seen. Um, the other thing I would say just to keep an eye on from a litigation standpoint, sort of beyond MSHA, is uh, the whole issue of deference to the agency's interpretation of statutes and regulations. And that's really a Supreme Court issue, and you've seen the court take a turn to the right, yeah. and there's been more skepticism of deference to the agency's interpretation. That's something to keep an eye on as well, and we'll certainly be doing that, because that would have a lasting impact on litigation. So, Chris, any thoughts on rulemaking and litigation um, going forward uh, into the new year? So I think you're exactly right, Arthur. I think the only thing I would add is, you know, we've heard some talk about OSHA dramatically increasing their penalties. Um, you know, I think we have different schools of thought whether or not that's realistic to expect from OSHA or not. But certainly something to keep an eye on. If OSHA increases their penalties, are we going to see similar actions um, by MSHA? Um, but frankly, I think you've done a great job outlining the issues. And I'm, and I'm thinking that gives our audience a good idea of what we can expect from this podcast going forward, right? So not only, um, you know, enforcement updates, what we're seeing in compliance and uh, activities, but also, you know, as Arthur's pointed out, right, the rulemaking agenda, and then certainly the litigation agenda, right? So, you know, there's a lot of different aspects, um, you know, to any discussion regarding MSHA issues. And that's what we're going to be looking forward to sharing with uh, everyone listening on, on the podcast. And I would also like to add, I think a large part of mind safety, obviously, is the human element. So not only are we going to be providing updates on enforcement, rulemaking, litigation, but I think, you know, interviewing thought leaders in the field, getting an idea of how they became involved in safety um, and, and kind of, you know, how they've reacted or developed, right, their own practice and approach to mind safety over the years. Um, I think that's going to be, you know, that human element is going to be a very interesting aspect of the podcast as well. So Arthur, any for, sort of final thoughts for everybody in terms of- Yeah, no, thanks, thanks, Chris. I've enjoyed our first session. We are, look, like Chris said, we are looking forward to also including guests on our podcast. Um, and, you know, I'll say this to the audience, if there's any thoughts or ideas you'd like to hear from us on, mm. drop us an email, let us know. We have some ideas for this podcast, but it's gonna be a, a living thing and, and we look forward to uh, having some guests and also having some discussion and talking about whatever the audience wants to hear. So until next time, I'm uh, going to sign off from uh, a rainy day in Pittsburgh and uh, look forward to our next conversation here on the Mining Matters podcast uh, brought to you by Fisher Phillips. Yep. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. This podcast provides an overview of a specific developing situation. It is not intended to be and should not be construed as legal advice for any particular fact situation. Thank you.